Listen to Pastor Franz for the unadulterated word of God. Rightly dividing the word of truth, unraveling mysteries, and preaching Jesus Christ as God Almighty. Today's message. Hallelujah. Now let me take my time and treat what I'm treating properly. I said the, the lion became a lamb, right? And we know that lion is God. And when you read that scripture very well, you see that he said, in the midst of the throne, in the midst, that means standing in the middle of the throne was the lamb. Who dares to stand in the middle of the throne of God if he is not God? You don't dare. He doesn't give his glory to anybody. You see, so if he stands in the middle of the throne, then that lamb is God. He was lion. When we tend to look at him, we saw the lamb standing in the middle of the throne. In the book of Revelation chapter 22, verse 1 first, and then we jump to verse 3. What does he say? And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the lamb. Somebody say throne of God. He didn't say thrones. He said one, one throne. Throne of God. That means one throne for God and the lamb. Which means that God and the Lamb should be one person, right? If it's not one person, then will they be sharing the throne? Sit half, let me sit half. Will God do that, creator of the universe? Recently, I was trying to build my place and I, I used a small place for my bedroom. Then I went to sit down and said, well, why am I building my bedroom like, like a tenant? Why am I building like a tenant? I should build like a landlord, right? And so I said, the whole front is my bedroom. You understand that? Now, so why would God be sharing? Sit here, sit here. Sharing with the lamb. God and the lamb is the same person. But please jump to verse 3 and then it concludes it. What does it say? And there shall be no more curse, but the throne, somebody say throne, of God and the lamb shall be in it and his. What is his for? God and the lamb. God and the Lamb shouldn't be and they and his servants shall serve him. That means God and the Lamb is one person. That's why his servants shall serve him. Give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. So I just came there to solve the issue of God became a Lamb. So that when I move on, we won't have much questions around there. I'm trying to do everything to the extent that by the time we finish, light has really come. So every time you mention the Lamb of God, you are actually mentioning God who came in a disguised form. That is what Isaiah chapter 45 verse 15 says. What does he say here? Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. So the Savior is a disguised God. On earth. Amen. And then we are trying to prove that this thing took place before God started creating the heavens. He, he, he crucified himself before the foundation of the world. In Romans chapter 16, verse 25, this secret is also found there. And what does he say? Can we read together? Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world 
bigger. So Jesus is a mystery revelation which was kept secret before God started creating the world. That means it's my last card. When the enemy messes up, it's my last card keeping it secret. Then when the time comes, I'll show it. And when the time came, he showed it. And that is what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8 talks about. What does he say? But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. You can also say unto our shining. You can also say unto our salvation. Anything that has to do with us, fine. Then keep going. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For what? Had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before he started creating the world. Which God ordained before the world unto our success, unto our victory, unto our freedom from the devil's clutches, which none of the princes of this world know, Satan and his cohorts, they didn't know. Had they known it, they would not crucify the Lord of glory and we would not be saved. So what Jesus did, what God did by Jesus before he started creating the world, he has finished it and he kept it that, look, when the devil messes up and everything is going on and going on, the devil thinks he has had the grip on the people by sin. They are not going anywhere. I will step into the world and I will look like just an ordinary person. And I will come in a way that nobody will think I'm anybody. So I will be born by peasants. I mean, carpenter's son. You understand? Peasant. And I will be born in the manger where goats and sheep are red. And I'll be born in, in, in Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So I'll come humble so that nobody's mind will be that this is somebody great. This, I will not even look like anybody who should, should be seen because I know what I'm coming to do. We speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our freedom, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, Jesus will walk about. They say, this one, if you touch him, they are free. Oh, don't touch him. Had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But God played the wisdom before the devil and he crucified Jesus. And when the blood poured, he said, what I did before the foundation of the earth, I'll finish it here. And that is my freedom. And that is why I'm a son of God. The blood was poured and my freedom came. Satan, shame on you. Praise the Lord. Christianity is a beautiful thing. Somebody say beautiful thing. You know, that is why when Jesus was passing and John the Baptist was looking at him, you know what John the Baptist said? He says, there's somebody standing in your midst. His shoe, I can't tie. That, who do you call that kind of person? John the Baptist was one of the greatest prophets around. He said, there's somebody standing among you. I can't tie his shoe. And when Jesus was passing, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. But you know, in secret, that Lamb of God was the lion who became a lamb. It was God who became a lamb. 
and he came here as a lamb. That is why he came humble. He was born by a carpenter. He was born in the manger. He lived a humble life. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 29, he said, come, take my yoke upon you for I am meek. He came meekly and lowly in heart. Why? Because of what he came to do. That is why. Now let's look at another, another wisdom here. Do you know that God does not go beyond his principles? How many of us know that? If he goes beyond his principle, he's not just, right? And he's not God. And you see, one of God's principles is that before honor is what? Humility. If you must go up, you must go down first. Have you seen anybody who wants to jump and doesn't go down? You won't go up. Have you seen any skyscraper being built without the foundation going down first? So it is a principle of life that if you will be exalted, you must go down. If God intends to be exalted practically, he must come down. And the lowest ebb is to become a nobody and die like a robber. That is why after the crucifixion, Jesus said, all power is given unto me. Now when we say all power is given unto me, people think, oh, there is one God who gave him power. Now, listen to me. If President Akufuado writes an exam in Ghana, he is a president of Ghana, but he can't go and take his certificate, give me his certificate. Somebody will give him. Right? Even though he's the president, because he writes an exam, the examiner is the one who will call him, you have passed or you have failed. So when Jesus said, all power is given to me, it means that I have passed the exam and therefore the to me. Did I say something? Praise the Lord. So all power is given to me. He practically succeeded in what he came to. Now, you know this now. I explain why we shouldn't struggle with this thing. Jesus came. Prophets have gone ahead that someone like him was coming. The prophet Isaiah was one of such. What did Isaiah say? Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 to us a child unto us a son is giving shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be wonderful counselor and what? That is a son that is born. That is a son that is his name shall be called the mighty God. His name shall be called the everlasting father. From all what I've told you, you realize that Jesus Christ actually is God but if you don't have deep knowledge, you get confused along the line because when he came, he was calling himself son of God. And how can son of God be God almighty? But anywhere someone tries to find out what sort of son of God he is, then he confuses them the more. At a time, he was walking with disciples in John chapter 14 and in verse 6 he said 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one cometh unto the Father but by me. And then he went on in verse 7 and said, If you know me, you should have known my Father also. Then he added, From henceforth, meaning from the time he was talking to them, you know him and have what? What did he say? Seen him. Who were they seeing at that time? So he said, as you are seeing me, you are seeing the Father. And that sounded confusing because they knew him as son of the living God. You know, so Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father and he satisfy us. Don't confuse us. What did Jesus say? Jesus said unto him, have I been long time with you? He confused him more. Have I been long time with you and yet has thou not known me in Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. You know, it was meant, the mystery was meant to be understood by God's children. But the people of the world, they are not supposed to know. And that is what will make us children of God and they will be nobodies. You get the point? Because God knows what we don't know. That's why he's God. Children of God will know what the people of the world don't know. And that is why we are children of God. You get the point? And so there was a time Jesus was speaking in parables to them in Matthew chapter 13 and Peter came to him in verse 10 and Peter asked him, why speak it down unto them? And the disciple came and said unto me, why speak it down unto them in parables? What did Jesus say? He answered and said unto them, because it is given to you to do what? Know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it is not given. That is what makes you a senior to a sinner. You know what he doesn't know. So when sinners take Bible and they start talking about things in the Bible and Christians are agreeing with them, Christians who are agreeing with them, they don't know who they are. There's no way sinner can understand the Bible like you do. Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan came to quote the Bible. Remember? And John, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge, but he was quoting Psalm 91. And God, Jesus said, you are dull. It is written, that shall not tempt the Lord thy God. What you are quoting is foolishness. So that's how unbelievers who quote Bible, and you as a Christian who knows the deep things of God, will laugh and walk away. But when we have left Bible, and all we know is Holy Ghost, 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 then Juju Ghost can also come in. You understand? Every other ghost can come in, because centrally is centrally, whether Satan or you understand what I'm saying? But there are things in the Bible that are mysteries and they belong to the children of God. You know what to say for sickness to leave you alone and will not near you. As I'm standing here for 30 years, I have not been sick. <laughs> Which kind century is more than that? If God will be sick, then I should be sick. Because there are provisions in scriptures that when you stand on it, Satan says, I know you. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. So when Satan came to Jesus to tempt him in the wilderness, what did Jesus use? It is written. It is written. It is written. And the Bible says, and the devil liveth him. If it is written, you'll be talking about, let me go. Because he doesn't know it. The Bible carries mysteries for children of God. 
That's why I said, Thou prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Everybody has their Bible, but only children of God know what is there. Praise the Lord. That is why Paul was speaking and said, We are ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. That means, and he said, The letter killeth, but the spirit gives. That means when you take the Bible, there's letter aspect and the spirit aspect. And the letter kills. When you have the letter, you go wrong in life. Praise the Lord. Let me not waste my time on that. Okay, that's it, right? Who also have made us ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, and the Spirit giveth life. So, as a Christian, there is life in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Now, let me move to the next level. Now, so, looking at everything we have said about Jesus, you know that the deity of Jesus cannot be contested can be confused. True or false? It cannot be contested. You can't say Jesus is not God. That is why when he came on the earth, everything revolved around him. You can't say he's not God, but you can confuse him. And it is in the confusion, people like Tertullian, some of the scholars of Bible, in their confusion, trying to place God, they now divided Jesus Father and Holy Ghost, and made them three in unity. You get a point? And they said, uh, God is three in unity, and they called it Trinity. It was a confused state of understanding who God is. Praise the Lord. Amen. There will be time I will read, I will speak on some of these things, but if you can find time and go online. I have this book there. Is it Diversity or Trinity? Now, you have much more details in that book. I can't, I can't divulge all here. There are stuff there that will keep things straight in your mind. Praise the Lord. Let me try and do something with it quickly because of questions that will come. Do you believe God is three in unity? Do you believe it? Now let's look at this this way. The Bible says that Jesus was speaking and he said if your eye is single what will happen to you? Matthew chapter 6 verse 22. If your eye is single your whole body shall be full of light. Do you think that God, who wants your eye to be single, which means focus, will now present himself to you as three? Is it not confusion? Is that right? Now go to verse 24. And what does he say? No man can serve what? Not even three or two. You can't serve. Why? For either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will Hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Remove mammon. They say you cannot serve God and his son. You will love one and leave the other. So if God is three in unity, it's not correct. You get what I'm talking about? You can't serve them. How do you serve three in unity? It, it doesn't work. But let me keep going on. There was a time they were in the wilderness in the Old Testament. Right? 
and serpents were biting them. Somebody say serpent. When you talk of serpent doing harm to someone, remember Satan. Right? So Satan was dealing with them in the wilderness. Biting them. And, and they, 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 because they sinned against God. And, and then they were crying to Moses. And God said, do something for me. Make another serpent. And put it on a pole. And let them focus on it. Was the serpent three? Why? Because they can't focus on three. Just do one serpent there. And let them focus on it. And when Moses did it and they focused on it, the serpent that was biting them, what happened to them? They couldn't bite them again. And Jesus said, in John chapter 3 verse 14, that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so shall the son of man be lifted. So who, who is the one who will be lifted and Satan can harm you again? If Jesus is the one who will be lifted and Satan can't harm you again, where is God? If God does not give his glory to anyone and Jesus is the one who will be lifted and Satan cannot bite you again, then God has no value because everything is Jesus. Right? God's wisdom to be among men is what is called Jesus. Because on this earth, anybody that steps on this earth becomes automatically son of God. Sons are given the earth. So if God had to pass through the womb to come into this earth, he cannot be called God. He can be called son of God. And that is why Jesus kept saying he's son of God. But you know that this son of God person is different from other sons of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, that means that when God becomes one to you, Satan is afraid. Because when they focus on that one God, what happened? The serpent could not bite them. James chapter 2, verse 19. I'm about to run up. What does it say? Thou believest, what? There is one God. What do you believe? Thou what? Doest well. That means well done. For believing there is one God. Why? The devils also believe there is one God. And what do they do? They tremble. Now why should we bring something that will not make Satan to tremble? Three gods. In unity. Trinity does not make Satan to tremble. In the wilderness, it is one God. One serpent that makes serpent to keep quiet on the ground. When God becomes one in your mind, Satan gives up on you. The reason we are still battling with the devil is because we can't place God. It's blare. You know, Christians say, we serve one God. We serve one God. Who is the one God? They say it's Trinity. How can three be one? And now listen carefully. Trinity is not in the Bible. So what could have been the right word? Diversity. Why? Because if one person appears in plural form, you don't apply unity to it. Trinity means three in unity. But I am one person. I am a father. I'm also a brother of somebody. And I'm also a friend of somebody. Does it make me three? 
if I have the ability to be a father where I'm doing father work and to be a brother where I'm doing brother work and to be uh, a friend when I'm doing friend's work because I have the ability of God and I can divide myself and do all at the same time, would you call me three in unity? No. I'm one in diversity. And that is what 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6 talks about. There are diversities of operation, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. Now, when you see God as diverse, then Jesus is God. Holy Ghost is God. The Father they knew is God, but not three persons, one person in a diverse form. Now, some people will say, oh, okay. Okay, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, God gave warning. Hear, O Israel. What did he say? Hear, O Israel. Our, the Lord, our God is what? You know, when you are sending a, a child who is stubborn, what do you do? You pull his ear. Hear, O. Hear, O. That's what God is doing with us. Because he knows that one day somebody will bring Trinity and will confuse us. Hear, O is Old Testament. Hear, O Israel. The Lord your God is one Lord. And that shall... Now, if you read through this scripture, you see how God is seriously warning them. Please, we should do that. And I don't have the time, but please, I want us to read till we get to 12. Let's do it concurrently. I read uh, 5, you read 6. Can we do that? Wouldn't it be very nice? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in the house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. You see how serious God wants that one God to be? And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And houses full of all good things which thou feedest not, and wells dig, dig, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. I like this. Can you repeat it? Stop it there. So, you know where we started from? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. He said, write it on your gate. Use it for a pendant. Write it down so that you will not forget that the Lord your God is one Lord and you must love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That means if you don't see God as one, it will be difficult to love him with all your heart. You will divide it, true or false? Some will go to the father, some will go to the son. It will not be concentrated. But when you see him as one, I illustrated that some time ago with, I visited a place and then I was given a meat pie as a gift. One meat pie, big one. 
looking very fresh. And my friend said he was going to give his own to his wife. At that time, my wife was not around. So, and I had children at that time, three children. No, four. I said, ah. I cannot give one meat pie to four children. So I will eat the meat pie and buy them something else. Do you know what happened? I couldn't give them my all. Because they are not one. But supposing it's just one child, you know what will happen? So hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. When God becomes three, we can't love him with all. Amen. Now, so we are trying to run it up. Okay, he said, then beware. Somebody say beware. beware. Do you know that Paul said the same thing? In Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, when we read till we get to about 10 or so, beware. You see the same thing? Why? Lest any man spoil you with. Do you know Trinity is a philosophical word? That's why it's not in the Bible. Lest any man spoil you with philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in who? Christ, right? Christ one. In him dwelleth what? All. Somebody say all. all. Say it again. All. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means inside Christ, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, all are in one person. And he said, beware, lest anyone spoil you with philosophy and vain deceit like Trinity. After the rudiments of this world, because Trinity is like triumvirate, a system of government that Rome was using before, and not after Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness. So what are we saying here? That Trinity came to spoil the glory of God in Christ. And it is time for us to wake up and take it and throw it away and pick the scriptural word, there are diversities of oppression. It's the same God. So God is a God of diversity and not of trinity. Now some people will explain trinity with water, vapor, and ice. Have you heard it before? Now trinity is like water, vapor, and ice. But you look at it. Is it true? Is water, vapor, and ice united to form the same substance? It is the same substance in diverse form. Same substance as water, same substance as ice, same substance as vapor. It's not united to be same substance. It's same substance in diverse form. So diversity looks more like our God than Trinity. Praise the Lord. So now let me just explain the fullness of the, and then we will conclude it. The Bible you hold has all the answers of the confusion. Number one, where did we know about Trinity? Jesus said, go baptize in the name of what? Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when we go on function, we will always pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19, right? But the subject matter there is what? Go and baptize. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Go through the scriptures and see whether they did that. 
in the scriptures, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, that is where the apostles started baptizing, right? And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Is he baptized? Every one of you, in the name of what? They exchanged the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost with what? Which means they are saying that Jesus Christ is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because in him dwelleth all the fullness. Wow! That was Pastor Franz, the Apostle of Diversity. For more of Pastor Franz's messages, you can also subscribe to Diversity Broadcasting Network on YouTube. Jesus is God Almighty.